Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. If you want legendary service... If you, you want sweeter discounts, discount. that bundle and wishes you See what it's all about. Switch to insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. everyone and welcome to this spoiler review uh, for She-Hulk episodes one and two from the Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! yeah. We're back at so. it again. <laughs> Look, nobody knows what Mike's going to wear before the show starts. So every time it's a surprise, he's got his star glasses on. I got my star glasses on because Marvel's back, baby! <laughs> Me. I would have take I would have put on my Hulk hands, but I cannot work the mouse with my Hulk hands. So unfortunately, <laughs> that's the game we're in here. But let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw Joe Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. Mike. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can currently see some of my current work because of Michael Vogel. On strawberries, shortcake, berry in the big city. Currently, because of uh, because of Michael Vogel. Currently, strawberry shortcake, berry in this big city. Netflix, YouTube, all of the Listen, above. I don't want to get involved between you two, but you know, I think you earned your spot, Shane. You don't have to constantly say it's because of Mike. It's just because you're fucking talented. Just be uh, just uh, say it right off the bat. Well, he's the boss. He's oh. the boss. Yeah, but he knows he's the boss. You don't gotta remind him. His name's on the door. I mean, I think he knows when he walks in the room that he's the boss. I'm just saying. Speaking of bosses, certainly we're gonna talk about some got, boss stuff in got, this episode. I got I got no dog. I got no dog in this fight. I'm gonna let y'all hash that out. <laughs> That's right. Your dog's over there somewhere, uh, hopefully asleep. Uh Carbon Health, uh, so powers and sponsors here on the uh, on the Geek Buddies. We appreciate them madly. If you've got any healthcare questions or concerns that you need answered. Head on over to CarbonHealth.com. Download the app so you can have a doc in your pocket uh, it's on the go. We're all on the go nowadays. Uh, for those of you who are getting out, the world seems to slowly be going back to normal, even though we get all these headlines. So you're out there. But, you know, people are still coming down with stuff, COVID, what have you. So you want to go get checked out, go and check them out on their website. And find a place you can get checked out virtually, get checked out in person. All of it is possible. Oh, my God. What is that? Is that a – what my, is uh, that? That's a- that's my second uh, monkeypox shot right there, buddy. That's a, that, that red, that red dot pox. is what happens when you get monkeypox number two. Yikes. 
that looks like a monkey punched you. Well, that's insane. That's un- that's unsettling. That's uncomfortable. But anyway, if you want to get that shot as well as any other shot, head on over to CarbonHealth.com and go get checked out today. I mean, I'm sure Jennifer Walters might have thought about going to get checked out after that gamma blood went into her body. But we're going to talk about episodes one and two here. We're going to break it all down. We know two is the most current episode, but we're going to touch a little bit on one and jump into two and talk about it overall here mixed in throughout the show. So we appreciate you all joining us. Let's just start it off right off the bat. Mike Bogle, episodes one and two. What's your overall feeling here as you're walking out of episode two? A lot of people have been, you know, launching their shots across the bow for the last couple of weeks on this show. It's at 6.5, 6.7 on IMDb, which is a little sad to see. What is your feeling about She-Hulk after these first two episodes? I'm having a blast. Yeah, I am okay. having a blast. Um, look, Jennifer Walters is one of the characters. She's probably like, I wouldn't say like one of my top five characters in the, in, in the Marvel universe. I hope comics, But I really think, but I really think She-Hulk is great. I think her comic runs have been really, really funny. I think she's a great, funny character. Uh, the way she broke the fourth wall in the comics, the way the comics kind of poked fun at the superhero universe. And the show seems like it's doing the same thing. Um, I think that this just felt like it had a fun, breezy quality to it in the first two episodes uh, that was just like, it, especially for me, and again, I know not everybody agrees with this, but after sort of being disappointed in um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and feeling like Thor Love and Thunder didn't necessarily reach the heights of Thor Ragnarok for me, um, even though I loved Miss Marvel, I was still feeling a little bit like, all right, well, where's my Marvel? And She-Hulk for me is really getting back to form. I think Tatiana Maslany is delightfully charming. I think the chemistry between her and Mark Ruffalo in the first episode was hilarious. Uh, And I think seeing her sort of step into this life of of Jennifer Walters, the superhero attorney, which is what she is in the comic books, uh, I think they're doing it in a really fun way with lots of fun nods to the MCU, some meta nods and some uh, in-world nods. Um, But it's just been, like, to me, it's just been a breath of fresh air. So I'm having a blast. Okay. Shannon McClung, we know you uh, like to be uh, really hard on the comedy of things, and uh, you're very critical on the side characters' actings that we've seen in the Ms. Marvel situation. So uh, talk to us about uh, how you feel how this is going after the first two episodes. Tatiana Maslany stepping in to play this character. Not an easy character to transfer over. Certainly not an actress you would think first on your mind to take a character like this. Do you like the world that they've set up here? Do you like what she's doing overall? And yeah, some of the meta stuff uh captain america's virginity uh billionaires and uh, overgrown children becoming superheroes what do you think about all of this uh you know thus far i'm with vogel i think this show i think it's an absolute blast i mean they do do i think all of the comedy lands no do I think all of the effects are great? No. I mean, I think there's a there was a little bit of a drop off in between episode one and episode two. I mean, you have the Agreed. those incredible effects on the island. Yeah. Then you, that first shot of her going into the bar is like ah. Um, the the takes to camera when the when the effects are kind of not on point don't really work because there's yeah. sort of an uncanny valley staring into the camera it's like are you looking at the camera are, oh, well you're talking to the you're talking this direction so i'm assuming you're talking to us yeah. um but thus far i think tatiana maslany is not who yeah you guys are right i mean it's not someone that would have sprung first and foremost to your mind despite her incredible work on uh, orphan black and perry mason um she's not the person that we maybe would have thought would have been 
would have been the best choice, but thus far she's killing it. I think she's she's incredibly charming. She's very, very funny. I think the supporting cast, especially coming into episode two, it is really, really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, thus far I'm just curious to see where it's gonna go. I mean, like having having a half hour, half hour comedy thus far I think is working very, very well. Um, but it'll but if the effects continue to have this sort of downward slide it is going to detract from the final product yeah i'm gonna have to say i'm not as high on the show as both of you although i am enjoying it because tatiana maslani is so good here and i agree with you shannon certainly showed us what she could do with multiple characters in orphan black and there is a lot more humor in orphan black than you might think when you watch the show there are some uncomfortably humorous moments so she has an ability to do humor but i think of allison brie someone more naturally uh, inclined to do humor and drama at the same time. You look at Glow, you look at Community. She would have been an interesting choice, but Maslani does a great job here. All, so far, and I've seen the first four episodes, we're only focusing on the first two, but certainly so far she's doing great, and I love what she's bringing to the character. I love her uncomfortability of, with being She-Hulk, her trying to navigate this idea like, I'm a professional, I'm a lawyer first, I'm not a superhero, it's not what I wanted. Her back and forth with Ruffalo, such great easy chemistry. Not an easy thing to do when you're walking into what the 35th project in the MCU pipeline. This to have a chemistry with a guy who's been around for a while, not an easy thing to do. And I think they found it. She has really good chemistry with Ginger Gonzaga. Ginger Gonzaga is doing great work here on a severely underwritten role. She's doing great stuff here and bringing it. I don't. I think some of the hollow characterizations of the side characters are bothering me. Maybe because I expect a little more weight and heft from the MCU stuff. So when I see someone who's like such an archetype, I just go, ah. But I get it. You're doing a situation comedy. You're trying to make this work and whatever. And yeah, not all the comedy lands, but enough of the comedy lands that I like the world we're in. I just want to see a little bit more nuance, a little bit more of uh, how can I say a little more layered comedic writing that would really kind of take this one to the next level. But overall, I, I am enjoying it for sure. Just not as much as my two fellow comrades here. Well, let's move on to uh, uh, the She-Hulk story over the first two episodes. We get her, you know, she's there with Bruce uh, hanging out, having a conversation and whatever life. And certainly we're finding out a cousin Bruce has never mentioned having conversations with them. And then of course, as a car and ship shows up and this is how, she becomes She-Hulk, which is a little bit different from the comics. It's kind of, kind of connected, but a little bit different from the comics. And then we'll see her navigating this on the island with Bruce, the 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 uh, the uh, the the thing he's the shelter he's built out for her. You know, talking about the alcohol, talking about Captain America's virginity, trying his strength, and all this kind. Of, and we see them battling like siblings at the end, almost a family rivalry at the end. Before she finally breaks away, and he tells her, "This isn't as easy as you think this is going to be." And she gets out into the real world, and certainly in episode two, we see everybody wanting her to be She-Hulk. She becomes She-Hulk, but it loses the case, uh, so she gets fired, and then she has to kind of try to find a job, and she gets hired to lead this superhuman villain division here with Mr. Holloway. So, And then by the end, she has to defend Emil Blonsky uh, and all of that, which I think is very, very funny, and we connect it up to Shang-Chi. We might be connecting it up to World War Hulk. So a lot here with her. Uh, Michael, I go back to you. How do you feel that they handled the Jennifer Walters storyline slash She-Hulk storyline over these first two episodes? I just love that you think it's weird that Bruce has never mentioned his cousin. That this is I mean, weird... I think it's weird. <laughs> really? How long have we known each other? 
We're not superheroes. <laughs> what? What's and my... To be honest, we only hang out once a week. I would have mentioned what's my, my uh, right what's now. my what's my cousin what's my cousin's name? Matt Pinkison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's as close to family as I've seen. So. <laughs> um, no, I think it's great. You know what I think is really great about the show, and they hit it yeah. like right off the bat. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you're writing a script uh, and you're trying to figure out how you want to start a script. You always want like that first line or that first visual or that first thing in a perfect world. You want it to in some way represent sort of the entirety of the show in some way, if you can pull that off. It doesn't always work, but if you can, it's really great. Like what's that first moment? And so the first moment of her kind of looking right out at screen, even though that's not a fourth wall break and having this speech, which is her uh, her closing argument about... Yeah a company's responsibility that if you have the responsibility to do something and you don't then you are culpable and this is a show about someone who gains extraordinary powers but doesn't want to use those powers in the way that every other character in the mcu that we've seen thus far has used those powers uh and what does that mean for her journey so i think like right off the bat they set up a really interesting thing like this is the first time that we've had a superhero origin story where the person wasn't like i don't want to do this like you know like like she didn't dive right in yeah like she didn't dive right into i'm an avenger and all the little funny lines about like do the avengers have health care is there maternity leave like all this stuff like it kind of is they they can poke fun at the mcu and the whole idea of superheroes by having a character that's like yeah I got this blood in me. I'm a Hulk now, but I have a life. I went to law school. I have loans that I have to pay, and this is what I'm good at, and this is what I want to do. And if you've read the She-Hulk comic, you know she maintains this life where she does manage to continue to be an attorney, and sometimes she saves the world and joins the Fantastic Four. So I think this journey for her, the setup of it, is really interesting. And then everything with her and Hulk, like I think one of the things I was missing a little bit Uh, that Marvel does so well when they do it the best is just the subtle ways that they connect to the rest of the bigger story. So, you know, her waking up in this uh, house in Mexico and seeing uh, the Iron Man helmet and that little musical sting that's the Avengers theme, or even like Bruce's face when he's kind of joking that Tony said that this was a loner and he was going to show up at some point and take it back. And then he has like a moment of reflection because we realize that Tony's not coming back. Uh, And all of those little things throughout... uh, have been were super fun. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, not my favorite people on social media, uh, kind of accuse the show of the Mary Sue of it all, like that, like that Tatiana Maslany or Jennifer Walters is automatically better than the Hulk. But part of that is just due to storytelling. Like, do any of yeah. us really want to watch uh, two years of Jennifer Walters running around doing the exact same story that we watched Bruce Banner do? No, like it would be boring. So it's kind of fun to see this character leapfrog over some of that stuff and go right to being able to like control her changes and kind of tell us a different Hulk story. So I thought it was all really, really great. I think that sometimes, and this is the nature of the Marvel TV shows in general, some moments feel a little rushed. You know, her origin, like they got into that car accident real fast and that blood went in and she was a Hulk and it was like, boom. Yeah. Uh, Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. You get to the end of the first episode, she's doing her closing argument, Jamila Jamil comes in and is like, boom, okay, well, I'm a superhero now. So in the nature of like, we're doing these 30 minute stories, you're going to have moments that you're like, oh, wow, I could have, I could have spent a little bit more time here. I could have, could have made some room and relaxed. But if that's the biggest critique that I have, uh, that's, that's pretty decent. I agree with Shannon that 
they definitely did a lot of work on that first episode to make sure that they opened up with a bang as far as their visual effects. And when you're watching the second episode, you definitely see those moments where you're like, yep, they probably could have spent another couple weeks on that shot. Oh, yep, that one isn't quite nailing it the way they could. So I definitely think that will be something we track throughout that we're going to be like, oh, this was a really great She-Hulk moment. This was the B team. This was the this was the shot they didn't have time to get to before they had to deliver it to Disney Plus. So I think that's, you know, those are my two big criticisms. It feels a little rushed at times and the effects I think will be a uh, a a sliding scale. But other than that, I think the story and where they're taking her is something we haven't seen in the MCU before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh Shannon, uh, yeah, interesting stuff here that Michael's bringing up this idea of being a reluctant superhero for sure that's an uh, you're right if we're going to keep expanding out the universe the way to keep expanding out the universe is just not having the same origin story repeat it's actually having different points of views different characters have different personalities different looks on being a superhero what it means what it can do to their lives and yes yeah, certainly there are certainly some rushed sequences but nobody seems to have an issue with her becoming She-Hulk, including her best friend, who's just kind of, oh, great, you can do this now. That's cool. It just It's a little bit rushed in certain moments that I, I think I can agree with some of that criticism for sure. How do you feel that they've handled the Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk storyline throughout the first episode with the training sequences and all and her breaking out and then going to court and all of that happening there? And then, boom, into the second episode where we see her lose the job because of what she did, struggle with being this idea of being the superhero, dealing with the family – and then, boom, going on and working for this uh, company here and having to def- defend the man who fought her cousin, uh, very notably, way back in 2008, Emil Blonsky. I mean, it is an accelerated journey, but thus far, I think everything is working. The With with the first episode, I mean, I agree with Vogel that like that her delivering, her rehearsing her, her final remarks to the court, I thought that was great. I was just like, you know, you're really setting up what the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what, what responsibility do those who have power have? Um, and so I was like, oh, that's really nice. Like, you're, so, you're basically laying out right at the beginning, this is what the show is. Yeah. Um, the the moment where they get into the car accident that was the wonkiest thing for me so i'm like okay so like they happen to get into a car accident because of the sakaran ship they both happen to cut themselves and the blood happens to like it's ve- it's very very convenient now in the comics you know it's a blood transfusion it's a blood transfusion so in essence which, which yeah. if you want to get down to it like you know would would uh uh would bruce banner really give his no! his gamma yeah, radiated now, no. blood to someone like there's no good there's no really smooth way to do it <laughs> and they just kind of wanted to hit the ground running and that's what they did and even though i was kind of like ah that's that's a very convenient <laughs> drop of blood um but it still it still worked i mean yeah. you know for, for for the purposes of the show it worked um, watching her whole thing, like, you know, she, she go- goes into that bar, which, you know, there are QR codes all over the show, which, you know, I yeah, stopped yeah. and they all take you to like the Marvel site to read a She-Hulk comic. Um, but, you know, watching, you know, these, these women who are strangers kind of come into her rescue. This is very much like a, a, uh, women helping women show. Yeah. And immediately as those guys start to be like, hey, we're just trying to be friends. We're, just, you know, we're just trying to be polite, which, you know, unfortunately, I imagine a lot of us, have seen in real life and it's weird and it's uncomfortable and, and watching her Hulk out and then Bruce immediately coming to her rescue, the stuff that Vogel pointed out. Yeah. I mean, when they're in that hut 
and you you get the Avengers sting, you get those moments, you get the, the initials carved into the bar. You hear about how they built this bar. Well, Bruce built it. Really, Tony was drinking and complaining about Steve the whole time. Like those are those sort of like fun little fun little nods that we as um, fans of this franchise that, you know, is going on 15 years old now. Um, you know, that's those are the things like we we really, really enjoy. And wh- again, just watching her journey thus far. It's it's very very satisfying. It was funny that when uh, uh, Tatiana or not Tatiana Zani, uh Jamila Jamil, um, yeah. <laughs> as soon as she walked in, I've never heard her with an American accent. That's, yeah. That was a little jarring <laughs> at the beginning, <laughs> and then watching her sort of um, uh, flying drop kick, I was like, ah, okay. So yeah, again, all the effects went, <laughs> went to the effects budget went to She Hulk. Like that yeah. was kind of a weird kind of wire shot. Um, but then watching her reintroduction to Emil Blonsky and who could have guessed when Hulk was recast with, with, uh, Mark Ruffalo, they're like that we would ever see Tim Roth again yeah. and watching him as Emil Blonsky. I was like, Oh, like you forget Tim Roth is an amazing actor and he's a charming actor. And is this, is this an act? Is he, is he actually, Sorry for what happened. I mean, we don't know. Uh, I think there are some interesting timeline questions because at the end of Shang-Chi in the stinger, in the post-credit sequence, it's, it's banner as banner. Yeah. But then when he breaks out, we see the, the, the fighting sequence, the, the cage fight sequence, which was actually in the middle of Shang-Chi. It's like, when does this add like this, that could be old footage that they just happened to get. There are some interesting timeline questions, but again, thus far I, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I like what they're doing for the most part. Again, I do think they're rushing certain things. I would like, I would have liked to have spent two episodes in that hut in Mexico before she breaks out because just as quickly as she gets the Hulk serum. She's, as you said, the, the, the Mary Sue aspect of it all. I, I don't usually agree with those people, but I do think a little bit has a little bit of truth. The fact that they're rushing through this stuff, that she's able to do this stuff as well as Hulk. It does read a little bit like, oh, of course they do this. Of course they'd make this happen. I would have liked to, but Bruce in the end is right. When he tells her, you don't know what you're getting into. People are not going to be as positive about this. You need a little more time to understand what's happening. So when she loses her job, when she's going through this career crisis, it's right there. And, you know, Bruce is is is, is calling her to, like, hey, I'm not calling to gloat. Well, maybe a little bit. But I'm calling to let you know about, you know, to, to talk you through what's going on because I know what's what's going to happen. And, and that's what family does. You may not always agree with them, but – They'll reach out to you when they know you're in a, in, in a bad state and try to help you through it, no matter what's happened before. At least that's what good family does. So I like that aspect of it. Their chemistry is so great. She going through the work, going through the process, going through all that, I didn't mind for the most part. Because, I mean, when Hulk wanted to be strong, he threw that rock all the way out there. So if he wanted to, him pushing her, that's all family stuff, family rivalries, whatever. That happens all the time, you know, brother, sister, because that's essentially what they feel like, even though they're cousins, it feels like brother, sister. And so all of that on the island, I thought was great. And yeah, I think really some attention should be paid. And I know we're talking about Jennifer Walters right now, but those moments where we're seeing Bruce's emotions about the loss of Tony, the loss of Steve, about those things, he really takes them to heart. And we have not had a, a sadly, we've not had a solo Hulk film where we get to actually explore that with Bruce, explore what that feeling is like to lose essentially the right hand and the left hand, the mom and dad of the Avengers uh, in one fell swoop and what the world looks like afterwards. So I thought that was nice to have those elements there. And even though, you know, second episode, they're bashing the heroes and making fun of the heroes. 
we know what the truth is, which I really enjoy. But her journey through this whole thing, you're right. I mean, their show, this is a woman's journey. So we're getting a woman's point of view. Are they hammering you over the head with it? Yes, a little bit. But sometimes you need to get hammered because you don't fucking get it. And so the guys, like I saw some people complaining about the scene with the guys hitting on her or asking, hey, we're just trying to talk to you. Yeah, that's not cool. No woman enjoys that fucking experience. That is not a cool experience to be all alone. And four dudes are trying to talk with you. You're trying to stay on your own. You're clearly giving the body language that, hey, leave me alone. But hey, you should talk to us because we deign to talk to you. You should talk to us. That's not what should be happening there. So I like that they hit those points. I don't 100% like that Dennis is such a one-note character. I think there's more to explore if Dennis has some more levels to him, even though it's being used for comedy. I just think it's too hollow. So when she's going after him or when Ginger's going after him, it doesn't quite, or Nikki rather, doesn't quite have the weight that I was hoping. But I like that they're taking her through this journey of understanding, hey, yes, you're reluctant to be a superhero, but okay, now you've got to deal with it in the second episode. You've got to figure this out. Lose your job. Try to find the job. Try to apply for a job. Boom, this happens. This uh, this job comes up to you. Now you're going to have to deal with Emil Blonsky and what that is all about. And I like the way that they're letting her be a lawyer as well as also navigating the She-Hulk situation. Oh, and also, as a woman, you're watching her go through this story. When she's walking in as She-Hulk, isn't it just like an asshole boss to be like, oh, as soon as you walk, show up for your first day, oh, by the way, you got to be She-Hulk the whole time. Wait, you didn't tell me that when I agreed to the job. So this idea of women being told one thing, you got to look sexier or you got to wear this, which still happens, ladies and gentlemen. I know that from a couple of people that I know, female friends that I know, who've told me that recently about their experiences. That happens. So she's got to now. And then we see her saying, oh, now people are going to think I got the job because I'm a She-Hulk. I'm sure every woman's sitting there connecting that subplot or subtext there of like, oh, they think I got the job because I'm a woman or I'm a person of color. You could even go that far. So I like that they're throwing that element into her overall story as well. For you to catch if you want to catch it for sure um but shannon let's move over to the bruce stuff of it all let's talk we, we've been alluding to it we've mentioned certain things what do you think about the, his role in all of this uh attached to uh jennifer walters and attached to um uh, uh she hulk here and we and I'm, I'm gonna put the brakes in for everybody who's worried about it go ahead go ahead shannon, what do you think? <laughs> um the i mean i think they're using him exactly right and based off of you know episode two i think that might be the last we've seen of him like that and you know he was used for her introduction yeah you know we get it we we get a a great sort of training sequence i mean i do agree like the moment that she throws that boulder and he gets mad and throws one into orbit like they are illustrating okay he is stronger than her yeah like there could be that moment where he's just like look you're able to retain your entire personality you're not as strong as me so that's that's the trade-off for you know for your powers but i I think that i thought they used him exactly correctly i mean the whole i i had read and i don't know if this is true i had read that that um the whole sequence or the whole rep the whole episode with the two of them that originally that was going to be later in the season that we were just kind of hit the ground running and she was just going to be she hulk i think them doing this was a much better was a much better decision because one, introducing us to a new character. Like, obviously, we know she's connected to Hulk, but intro- introducing us to a new character through an established character, I think is probably the, the best way to do it, um, especially because they are family. Like, you get you get that brother-sister uh, uh, relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they are cousins. Um, and then, you know, he, he really is able, everything that you laid out, John, he's just like, 
you're leaving early. I mean, this is this is Empire. This is Luke leaving Dagobah oh, yeah. before call. he's ready. I mean, he's like, you're not ready for this. Good and then call. when she gets there, she kind of is like, okay, he might be right. Um, but I've made the decision. You know, I got to, you know, I got to go forward now. So, you know, Mark Ruffalo, like, who knows where he's going on that Sakaran ship? Um, very, very interesting. World War um, Hulk. Seems like everybody's alluding to that. Yeah. I think like yeah, that's what everybody I mean, wants it to be. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. That's what everybody feels like it might be alluded to. Yeah, because he's seen, he's still very much you know has all of his faculties. Yeah. So, sure. um, but no, I thought that I thought they used him exactly correct. And in looking at the ensemble cast outside of of Jen, Bruce has gotten the most focus. So now yeah. going forward, he's now out of the way. They can focus on, um, I mean, first and foremost on Jen because it's her story, but right. they can focus on those supporting characters a little bit more. Fair point. Uh, Mike, thoughts on the Bruce Banner uh, Hulk situation here? Yeah, look, I think, uh, I mean, I think Shannon, you and Shannon nailed it. I mean, I think he does a great job. I think in a lot of ways, um, we got to see more of Hulk here talking about Hulk. Like, yeah. since Bruce since Bruce Banner doesn't get his own movie, hasn't had his own movie, or at least Mark Ruffalo's version of Bruce hasn't had his own movie yet, you know, in Avengers, he, you know, we know that uh, that's his secret. He's always angry. Uh, and in Avengers 2, we know that uh, Natasha sings him a lullaby, which I love in the first episode when yeah. Pop, when Jennifer Walters is like, how does that work? And he's like, I do not have a good answer for that. Um, <laughs> don't really know. Can't, can't really explain it. Let's move on. But, uh, but, you know, and even in Ragnarok, where we got a lot of him, you know, he was Hulk for most of it. And then he was Bruce. And then we get smart Hulk in Endgame. But he's really just there. He, he's got a job to do. Um, right. So this is really one of the first times that we've just not in a extreme action, emergency, life-threatening situation, just gotten to like chill with the Hulk. And I think that was really, really fun and lovely. And getting him to sort of talk to Jen about his experience, uh, I think there was a lot of fun to it. There was a lot of like humor to it, but there was a lot of heart to it too in a way. Like he really is trying to help her. I do want to say... Uh, two things uh, that you guys were talking about. I do find it funny about the whole Jen Walters and like needing to make it clear that Bruce Banner is still stronger and everything. I do find it funny and all of the complaints about how good Jen Walters is at being a Hulk because I feel like if we were doing the Amadeus Cho story right now and we had a young boy who came in and got Hulk powers and all of a sudden was just a natural and was was really good at it in ways that Bruce wasn't. And you had like the older guy who was like the the seasoned athlete and the younger guy who was coming in that was like, look, I can do stuff better than you. I don't think anybody on Twitter would bat an eye. I think you would go, oh, cool, you got this young guy. He's kind of a fresh Hulk. But I think because it's a female, everybody's like, what? And well, let's make sure. I mean, Bruce is still strong, right? He's the Hulk. And I'm like, I just find it funny because I think that uh, I, I personally have absolutely no issue with Jennifer Walters being more agile or just as strong or better in different ways than Bruce is. And so I think it's just – that's an observation that I had. And I also think – Can I, can um, I add to that and say – Absolutely, leads absolutely. To, it leads to more of these fun interactions between them, which I think yeah. builds the – feeling that you enjoy these two together. So it's a great point you make there. Well, and to Shannon's point about the sibling rivalry, even though they're cousins, that's the fun of it. Like, yeah, if you don't absolutely. have Jen Walters being really good in ways that Bruce wasn't expecting, you don't have his perfect reaction after he throws that rock into space. Yeah. Where he kind of goes, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just showing you how it's, yeah, just showing you how it's done. Because he is, like, 
He's he's. Well, I think the thing that's interesting is you guys are correct that when Jen Walters gets back to the real world in episode two, Bruce was right, sort of. Like Jen Walters was not prepared for what life as a Hulk is. But if you've read the comics, she's she's also right. Bruce tells her for the entire first episode, you can never be a lawyer. You can right, never go right, back right. to your life. You have to go be a superhero. Right. This entire show is going to end with Jen Walters being a lawyer. And yep. she, at some point and in this season, is going to meet another superhero who very likely will tell her, no, you can be a superhero and be a lawyer. I've been doing it for three seasons on Netflix, and I'm about to do it on Disney+. Plus." And I'm so, blind! You know, I, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm blind! <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, I think, that, I think that what's really great about this, and even when, you know, John, your point about them making fun of the superhero stuff, yeah. I think what's great is, yes, we know that the heroes are great. We know the Avengers have saved the world, and they're all awesome people. Nothing Jen Walter says is wrong. Yeah, like the Hulk, yeah. the Hulk is dealing with is not dealing with ten years of extreme trauma. The Avengers don't have health care and they don't get paid. We also have Falcon and Winter Soldier, and yeah. we know that's true. So I think it's like they do a really good job, and this is what the best comedies do. It's the Galaxy Quest balance. How do you make fun of something? while at the same time loving something. And I think what they do really well in She-Hulk is they're really good at, like, poking holes. You know, when, uh, when Jen Walter's dad is like, where does Hawkeye, does he go collect all those arrows? You're like, that is a real good question. So they're, they're managing to, like, make fun of a universe that we love in a way that doesn't feel like they're shitting on the universe that we love, which I think is a really hard thing to do sometimes, but they so far are doing it really well. Fair enough. Um... The next thing, well, I, yeah, I like the way they're doing, Bruce. I don't want to add too much to what you guys said. I absolutely agree with you 100%. And I guess the Edward Norton door is closed because when she calls him and has the conversation about taking the case and going to represent Emil Blonsky, he says, yeah, I was a completely different person, literally. Great, so, I mean, great line. Right? Great Such a line. line. <laughs> it's perfect. And so, a great yeah. line, and that was one of those moments where the fourth wall break was perfect. Yeah, agreed. Like, she, like, she, very, like, like. Sorry, Mike, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was go ahead. Say, it was a very sweet exchange between both of them, and I loved the music cue there. Loved the music cue there. One of like, hey, we, you know, we've, we've, we've built that bridge again. We've crossed that bridge. We're fine. Yeah. We're good. And it was great to see that. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, it's a nice little flavor to have in the MCU. And so let's move to that uh, here. Uh, let's to, to move to Emil Blonsky. So I'll swing back to you, Michael. How do you feel that they handled Emil Blonsky in this second episode here with Tim Roth coming back to play the character? Do you kind of see his logic here? And does having Wong use him at the end there, uh, connected to the Shang-Chi scene that we see, kind of give a little more credibility and credence to what he said that, hey, it was the super soldier. I thought I was doing the right thing. I didn't know I was a bad guy, which is an interesting uh, point of view that has been coming out in comics over the last few years. This idea where the villains think, hey, no, I thought I was being the good guy in this situation. Um, that's a nice flavor to add as well. What did you think about how they handled Emil Blonsky in this second episode? I thought they handled him really well. Uh, I texted a friend of ours while I was watching it and said uh, when they, when he showed up and it, like they said, well, Abomination has been in serving his time in this high uh, high security supervillain prison. And I'm like, well, we saw him in Shang-Chi. Like, is that just, did Marvel, like, make a DC mistake? Like, what is this? Like, are they, did this fall through the cracks? I don't know. So then when we got through the episode and you see the footage of him in Shang-Chi, I was like, 
No, okay, like they're good. They're good. Marvel, Marvel. <laughs> keep on, Marvel. You're doing it right. Um, so I think it was really interesting the way they brought him in. I love the way that they sort of tied it back to his appearance in Shang-Chi, because I think when Marvel is doing everything right, that is what they do well. I don't know where they're taking Abomination and Tim Roth. You know, I think that do I fully believe what he's saying to Jen Walters? No. Does he make some really valid points? Absolutely. Okay. Um, is Jen Walters going to represent him and get him off? Maybe. Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You know, I think when Hulk makes such a point in the first episode of uh, destroying the blood samples, and then you've oh, got yeah. Emil Blonsky, who clearly knows how the Hulk stuff works. I'm like, okay, is Jen's blood going to become involved here? Is that why Emil Blonsky wanted her? Is he going to be the big bad? Or is he going to be kind of a good guy who is reformed and Abomination just wants to be cool and he's going to be a Thunderbolt? Like, it could go either way right now, and I really don't know. And that's my favorite place to be in when I'm watching something is like, okay, is Abomination the big bad? Is Abomination going to team up with Jen Walters against somebody else? Like, what's going to happen? I couldn't tell you. But I think that, to Shannon's point, did we ever think we were going to see Tim Roth show back up in the MCU? No. And is he doing just a lovely job? Like, that whole sequence was just kind of just a joy to watch. Him talking about his haikus, kind of being like the seven innocent, soulmates. aggrieved party, his seven soulmates. Like, it just, it was such a, uh, it was such a fun and silly scene. And allowing him to sort of go from the Hulk movie, where he kind of was playing a overly broad bad guy, let's yeah. say, to see where he is now, where I think Abomination is going to become this really funny character. Like, I think we're going to end up wanting to see a lot more of Abomination in the MCU, which is not a sentence that I ever thought that I would say. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on Tim Roth and how they're weaving him into this story with She-Hulk. And by the way, spoiler alert, it's not the end of seeing Abomination and She-Hulk. So how do you feel about how they're uh, weaving him into this story here in the second episode? I mean, as all of the Marvel properties start to come under one umbrella more and more, I love that they're using the things that they have on the table. And mm. Tim Roth was a great pull. I mean, because aside from being a really you know spectacular actor, Tim Roth is funny, yeah. and 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 I think we're gonna we're gonna get to see that a little bit more with this. I mean, just the fact that he the thing that he says Namaste right at the beginning, and then starts <laughs> talking about his. Starts talking about his haikus, and when he brings up, he, he's like, "Oh yeah, I get it. I, I get the hesitation because your cousin, the Hulk. You know, he's still like he <laughs> still he's, little... he has this newfound peace, but there's still that little glimmer of like, oh yeah, that guy that got me. Somewhat unfair, you know. I mean, and him blaming the super soldier serum. He's just yeah. like, look, they pumped me full of that stuff." It's what made me do that. I mean, and honestly, I mean, from like a legal point of view, it's like you can make that argument. You can make the case. Yeah, yeah. And really quickly, he also, his other point that is completely valid, like she's kind of like, look, you kind of destroyed Harlem. Well, what the fuck did Hulk do in Age yeah. of Ultron? I mean, like Bruce Banner is a hero and everyone's like, yay, the Hulk is great. The Hulk has like demolished shit. He is just as destructive, if not more so, within the world of the MCU than Abomination was. So when he's like, look, I'm trapped here in this prison writing haikus to my soulmates, and he's like on lunchboxes because he's an Avenger, 
Uh, he's, he's not, there's a little resentment he's there. He's not wrong. Yeah. A little resentment his, there. You can understand his, that. His seven soulmates from the prison pen pal program, which <laughs> in terms of alliterative jokes is solid. Um, I, I'm really excited <laughs> to see Julia Louise Dreyfus show up at some point and, and mm. fully recruit him into the Thunderbolts because I'm assuming that's when we're going to see Wong, is that he didn't actually oh. break out. Wong kind of escorted him out because Wong is... Uh, following, possibly following the orders of someone else. Um, Or Wong just wanted a partner to fight with and put him right back and was like, look, I was just, I put him back. I put him back. I needed... I can't say. Go ahead. And what else, Shannon? Any other final words on this? No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that they brought him back. And, um, you know, thus, like, the, the guest cast, which I'm assuming we'll get into real yeah. quick, the yeah. guest cast is a blast. There was one actor whose voice I heard, and I was like, that's... That's MLB. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I I really enjoy the way they weaved him in. He he is so good here at the chemistry and like legitimate hurt when Jennifer was like, "Don't don't just tell him what they want to hear." You know, you know, speak from the heart. He's like, "My haikus are from the heart." What are you What are you talking about? So <laughs> I love that he has progressed emotionally to this place, and it's it's such a great layered approach to a character like this because of as you said, Michael, we got in that first movie. He is an overbroad villain in that first movie. And it's going to be really hard to go back to that first movie and watch his journey and think that maybe he thought he was the bad guy because he is portrayed so strongly as the evil guy who doesn't want to take no for an answer and wants to take down the Hulk. It becomes a, a it becomes a, a personal thing. And I think maybe that's what you're alluding to, Shannon, when he has that hesitation before he says the word Hulk, which is something he's still working through with his therapy and his uh, meditation, I think is great. Uh, Let's get into the side characters here. We've got Dennis. We've got Nikki. We've got Mr. Holloway. We've got uh, uh, we got our family. Shannon, I go back to you. You're the comedy guy. Um, This is where I think the show falters for me. And let me go first. But Shannon, you take it after I do. But like, I have a problem with Dennis. I think he's too one notes and that's frustrating for me. And look, I'm not saying there aren't dudes like that for all the ladies out there. I'm sure there are dudes like that. I know there are dudes like that. I'm just saying, does a dude like that become a, a big, I don't know. I just don't see him. I would a like to see lawyer. Him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. They do become lawyers for God's sakes. Uh, but I just, I want to see something more here from him. And when you juxtapose it with the, um, Oh God, what's the other guy that comes in? Who's got the bathroom uh, guy to wear to yeah, poop. The, best. the guy from the, the guy Josh. from the other two. Josh, 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 Josh Cigara. Josh, he does a great job. Great job doing that. Um, But the family, I mean, Mark Lynn Baker is the only one really works for me. The Chad thing is stupid for me. The mom is miscast, in my opinion. But the the scene with her and her dad, with Mark Lynn Baker in the shed, that's a great scene. Give me more of that. I want to see more of that because I think that's where Mark Lynn Baker really shines. But this idea of giving her an entire family where the dad is too stupid that he doesn't understand, just becomes like a superhero one day, you get all the secrets the next day. Uh, the mom who's trying to set her up with a friend of hers, a young kid who she's too old for uh, to teach him to be a superhero. The weird family friend who wants his wife to be her stylist. And then Chad. Uh, so to me, it just seems like you just described. Archetypes. You just described half the families in Middle America. To <laughs> I don't team. know. I haven't met them. I haven't, you say that. Mike Volk said that. I didn't. I haven't met them. But to me, I just thought it was a bit shallow, and I would have liked something more here uh, in, in the comedy overall. And I do think Nikki is a bit underwritten. I don't want to see the sassy brown friend archetype replace the sassy black friend archetype. I want to give. I want to have more with Ginger Gonzaga, and I will say this: a friend of mine who works for post production told me that 
they cut a lot of her scenes out of the first two episodes, and that frustrates me. So because she's a damn good actress, and they have a great chemistry, and she's Latina, so I got a cha- I want to champion her because she's great. I want her to have more to do. So, Shannon, you tell me, what do you think about the side characters and the comedy over the first two episodes here? I mean, the moment I heard Mark Lynn Baker's voice, before he yeah. even stepped onto the screen, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Cousin Larry. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I love Mark Lynn Baker. I love that he's starting to pop up and stuff more and more, like how he's popped up in succession recently. Yep. Um, so him, I really like. The Dennis character... I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to see of him going forward. Like, I, he he might be. Okay, so clearly we're going Based to. Based on John's just, smirk, we will yeah, see more Dennis. Yeah, so, yeah, spoiler, just, spoiler yeah, smirk from John Roca. We don't present a character like that, Megan, so distinct, and then just shove him to the sidelines. John, so, yes, John's more rounders tell. He just took, he just took an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh like yeah dennis i i, I don't think we're gonna get uh, i mean we might see more i don't think we're gonna get that much more from him as a character because right. ultimately he he's he's a uh a third tier antagonist um the the family like josh josh cigar first who i think is so funny on the other two that he's such a mm. such a funny actor i didn't like the pooping line because i was like ah that just doesn't that just doesn't work for me in like this very fancy law firm. I disagree that, with you hundred percent. You always gotta fine. know where to poop in your business in your office. Like the, you that gotta is know. fine. I don't know if you say that to two pretty ladies on their first day. Uh, I, I, that's, two ladies, that's, regardless of looks, I imagine. Yeah. Sure, sure. I, I'm I'm talking about those two ladies specifically. These yeah, two pretty enough. ladies. You probably don't tell them where the great good bathroom is for pooping. They seem to be fact, happy about it though. But yeah. Uh, disagree. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> they both gave him a look like, why would you talk about pooping? Right I think now? they were like, thank you, God. Oh, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you're right. I think you're, I think but, you're projecting a little bit there, but okay, continue on. Okay, I will project away then. <laughs> but I, you know, I do think he's super funny. The family, yeah, yeah I get it. The Chad character, the neighbor, Ugh. maybe uncle character. I mean, I get it. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think that criticism is is without validity it's just sort of like chad even though he pops up in the closing credits in yeah. the in the drawings and 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 bruce does mention him at the beginning when they're yes. driving in the car they do talk about chad um but the ginger gonzaga thing i mean i i yeah she's a she's a fantastic actress and it sucks that some of her scenes may have been may have been cut but ultimately the story is about jen and if the if those scenes did not serve the story in this limited amount of time that they have, that's the stuff that goes. I mean, and that happens in that happens in writing all the time. Yeah, where tired you're, of where characters you're... of color getting short shrifted, uh, and they're always the first ones to get cut. Right, but if, if she were a white about that, if she were a white actress, would you say the same thing though? No, because we've seen plenty of white actresses get many many things to do. Latina actresses don't, and so but I think when I we think get this, a shot, I like this us to have a, a little bit more. Sure, I get it, but this is not. This is regardless of race. This is a this is a storytelling thing that when you have X amount of time, it's the character stuff that gets cut. For, the character stuff from the supporting cast that's the stuff that gets cut, and well, that's cut just. Genesis, God damn. Anyway, <laughs> I don't. I don't think you his line. You can't, in the you can't part. say. Wait a minute. You can't say that you want more Dennis and then say cut Dennis. You, I mean, this I, is I kind of like, this, more Dennis. I didn't say you wanted. You wanted a more nuance. You want. You want more from Dennis, and you want more nuanced. That ought, if, I mean, this is a. This is just a. I mean, Shannon is right here. I think that. Um, yeah. she, well, well, Shannon is right insofar as. Let me let me rephrase. 
John is right that we should absolutely have more characters of color getting bigger roles and meatier stuff to do across the board. Like, that is absolutely 100% yeah. true. That's the I'm challenge going. when you do cast a show and you have these side characters, and this, this has come up, you know, uh, Johnny, you bring it up a lot, and I don't think you're wrong, Just but I think that whether we talk about... When we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier, when we talk about any of these shows, a constant criticism from you is, I wish these side characters had more story. I wish we had more to do. Where Shannon is right, you do shoot a lot of stuff. Like, those scripts uh, have a lot of stuff for all these characters to do. And then you get in the editing bay, and you know that you have to get this entire story into, whether it be 42 minutes, 37 minutes, 22 minutes, take your pick. You have a number to hit. And you're telling the Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes story, or you're telling the, 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 the Kamala Khan story, or you're telling the Jennifer Walters story. And so you end up cutting a bunch of stuff just because it doesn't, it's not necessary to that story. So it does suck. It is bad. And it, it's not ideal that you, you lose those things, but that's how storytelling works is you've got to stick to the main character's arc to get things done. Yeah, fair. Um, but uh, but I mean, with Ginger Gonzaga, we don't even see her react to her being a She-Hulk. Like, she's her best friend. I would imagine there's got to be a scene where she's like, oh, my God, whoa, what can you like? There could be a scene but where the best friend there could. is figuring all that out. But here's the question. I mean, this is this is I mean, this is actually a great example of like what happens in a writer's room. Yeah. Like you can get you'll or you'll get an executive note that says, hey, this is Nikki's her best friend. I would love to see that moment where she tells her that she's the Hulk. And the response is, look at that first episode and the way it's structured and show me where you fit that scene. Like, the because, like, as a writer, you got to execute. And you're like, well, if we're starting this with this speech that she makes and then she's going to tell you that she's already the Hulk and then we're going to flash back to the whole origin story and her and Bruce on the thing and then we're going to show her in the in the courtroom and we're going to have this big ending where she hits t- uh, Titania and uh, that's the end. Where do we get the moment where I reveal to my best friend that I'm the Hulk? When she shows like, where back does that up fit? into society after she leaves Bruce. When she shows back up into society, calls Ginger over. Ginger and them have a conversation, and she shows her what she can do. And, like, I'm going to need your help with this because you're my paralegal, which I don't understand either. They should have made her a fellow lawyer. You're my paralegal. Um, you know, you've got to be able to neg- help me navigate this when it pops up or when it happens. So. There's the scene. It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. It's just but frustrating flow, to not see what we did. In the flow of this story, that would be that would be a weird speed bump. Like I think in the feature, in the feature version of She-Hulk, that scene 100% works. Okay. But when you're on sort of an accelerated timeline, like you don't you don't have time for that. Like the way that the show looks like it was intended to start was she's yeah. already She-Hulk. This scene has happened. We didn't and, see it. It happened in the past. Yeah. And by the way, you might be, I mean, John, I would, I would almost guarantee you that this, the story, the, the scene that you just uh, described at some point, at some point in some draft, it's in there. Um, And then just your other point, this is, this is literally how it works. Like, I think one of the reasons that she's a paralegal and not a fellow lawyer is you don't get fired and get hired at another company and say, I would like to bring another lawyer over to the company. But, and it's a really funny line. She's like, I won't come over unless I get to choose my paralegal and Holloway. Yeah, maybe that's a, a story. That's a story. So thing. you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need her to go with Jen yeah. Walters and you're like, Oh, well this works better. Like, and I like, again, I'm not all, what you're doing is I think a really good example of what writers do 
in the writer's room when they're breaking these stories. You have all of these ideas. You have all these characters you want to have in. And you do. I have to do it every day, especially on Mr. McClung's Strawberry Shortcake scripts. Is He turns in a script and it has to be about five and a half pages to fit into the four minute shorts that we do for strawberry shortcake. And when it is six and a half pages or longer, I go through and just start chopping everything up and cutting everything okay. down just to get to the story. That's it. We, we don't, we got limited time. Let's not open that can of work. Why don't we say writer X? I have <laughs> never turned in a six page script, sir. Shannon, is there anything more you wanted to say on the side here? So I didn't mean to, I did want to, you know, talk about this. I, didn't no, want to, no, I think it's a good conversation. Yeah. Good. And I'm available um, to any showrunner who's watching if you need me in your writer's room to help Because I will fucking help you with your characters of color. Trust me on that. Uh, Shannon, no, I mean, the, the, the dings that you point out with the family, I 100%, uh, yeah. I 100% agree. I think Marklin Baker is the one that we're going to see again yes. and again. And that's why he was the one that had that scene with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike, I, for you, any other side characters or Tatiana, or, or uh, sorry, um, Jamil, Jamil only showing up yeah. for one sequence? Well, I think so. A couple things. One, I agree with Shannon. Uh, if you're a if you're a lover of '80s sitcoms, seeing Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers show up anytime is great. And Marklin Baker is just delightful. And I think he delivered all of his family lines the best. Like him talking about the Hawkeye arrows. Even when he's very sweetly tells Jen, he's like, "Hey, you're not even the first Hulk in the family, and That's you didn't a destroy line. a city." You didn't destroy a city. This is great. Um, he was so delightful, and I do hope we see a lot more of him. I think that, uh, is it Ch- Chad? Chad was the least funny in that family Ugh, dynamic. Um, I thought, I thought mom talked, setting up a mom joke. And, it may, you know, it's, again, not all the jokes landed perfectly. But mom, setting up the traditional mom is trying to set my daughter up with a guy that I just met. But then tweaking it to being like, oh, no, he wants to be a superhero. I said you could talk to him. Like, I thought that was funny. So <laughs> I thought the family stuff was fine. Um, I think Holloway... I was not expecting to be as funny as I found him to be. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I like Holloway a lot. Yeah. yeah, When he showed up and hired her and he had a couple really great deliveries. And then a little bit later in episode two, when she's sitting in his office and he's talking to his assistant and he says to the one, he says, he says, tell, tell this guy that I'm sending him to Minnesota because he hates cold weather. Tell him, tell him that's why I'm sending him. Like, it's just (laughs) such a dick move. And I was like, that's a great little character. So I think he's a really funny character. Jamila Jamil, I, here's my here's my Jamila Jamil journey. She shows up at the end of episode one, says, who are you? And does the weird wire kick. And then that's it. And I'm like, well, that was very sudden. But then we get to the beginning of episode two. And they say that she was running away from, uh, from traffic from court, traffic <laughs> yeah, court yeah, yeah. which I found really interesting. And I, I well, we'll see where how she shows up in the rest of the show. But I was won over this week on this past week on social media. When they all the She-Hulk sites started retweeting video of her in her Titania outfit, uh, is that her name? Titania, right? It is Titania. Yeah, Titania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titania outfit, walking through Hollywood and spray painting her name over all the She-Hulk ads that are in Hollywood. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't care what else she does. And like, That's she great. there is a Titania Twitter handle now that is verified oh, wow. of her. As Titania, just posting shit about Jennifer Walters, and I was like, you know what, I'm in. This That's is great. This is this is wonderful. Um, so yeah, like I think that there, you know, it's maybe it's a bit uneven. Not everybody is as funny as you want them to be, or as but like having people 
like Marklin Baker, like like uh, like Ginger Gonzaga, like like there's just they're 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 bringing a games to a comedy thing, and again, if the criticism coming out is I liked this character so much, I want to see more of them. The good news is when you look at the MCU, whether it be Cat Dennings, whether it be Tim Roth, whether it be True. anybody, like. They do a really good job of taking those actors that have small parts but do a lot with them and weaving them into the MCU in bigger ways. And so I'm really hopeful, just like we said about uh, the Khan family in Miss Marvel, that some of these people on the t- on the Disney Plus series that are really bringing their A games yeah. get to graduate up into the MCU and have some bigger roles. Agreed. All right, well, let's wrap up here because I know uh, Shannon's got to go. Shannon, final words uh, here on anything we didn't talk about that you want to hit on, anything we need to mention. I mean, the post credit scene is her just doing household chores for Mark Lynn Baker and showing her strength. So there's not much to talk about there. But uh, overall, any final words you want to say before we wrap up this uh, review here? Yeah, we we neglected to talk about the post credits scene of episode one oh, where Sorry, Captain America fuck! Fuck! <laughs> super super funny. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying the show thus far. I mean, the the again going forward, if the effects continue to be like episode two and not like episode one, fair point. That will detract. I mean, that's something my my personal eye is never going to get used to. But uh, Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany, uh, like. Miss Marvel, you know, I mean, she she's so charming, and she's she's a character that you imagine we will be seeing more of in the future once this show is done. Fair enough, uh, Mike. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts are, you know, I think, and we talk a lot about this. Like, uh, Phase Four has been a bumpy ride. I think post Comic Con, all of us kind of figure finding out that we are now in the multiverse saga, and that we kind of know where we're going. Gave it a little bit of a lift. I think the trailer for. Wakanda Forever gave it a pretty significant lift. Um, yes. But if we're going to come out of Phase 4 with characters like Kamala Khan and the Khan family, with characters like Jennifer Walters, and they're going to be like taking, some, uh, taking the MCU and uh, running with the ball for this next phase, I'm feeling good. So for me, so far, She-Hulk is kind of balancing out Phase 4 with some of my... like I, I would say Miss Marvel and She-Hulk are balancing out uh, my phase four disappointment uh, in some of the bigger things that I was really having high hopes for. And so for that, I give Jen Walters uh, some big thumbs up so far. There you go. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit less glowing than these two, but I'm still enjoying the ride. And they do hold up better on a second rewatch. I will say this. I'm enjoying watching them again in different ways because I let go of my desire to see something heavier and understand what this show actually is. You know, when you do criticism... Sometimes you can fall in that trap as I want it to be this. And the thing is, you have to accept it as it is and then judge it from within as it is. And I hope our, any criticisms that the three of us have had are judging it from within the construct we're being presented of the show. So that's the approach I'm taking now as I do these reviews with these gentlemen here uh, on the show. So thank you all so much for watching this spoiler review for She-Hulk episodes one and two. We appreciate it madly. Uh, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram, at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Sets. Uh, Mike? Um, if you need medical help, call Carbon Health. If you need legal help, call Jennifer Walters. If you need geek advice... Come right here to the Geek Buddies. We will talk to you about all things geeky. And here is what we can do. No, here's what you can do to help us do what we do. Uh, Definitely hit the like button below. 
Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content that he's got there, including tons of Geek Buddies content. Leave your comments below. What did you think of the first two episodes of She-Hulk? Are you sold on it? Is it not working for you? How are the effects? How is the comedy? How is Jennifer Walters? Where do you think the MCU is going? Where is Hulk going in that spaceship? Let us know in the comments below what you think. Um, If you're listening to us uh, anywhere that podcasts are available, go ahead and leave us some stars. Leave us some comments. Help us go up in the rankings so that more people can find the Geek Buddies. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your social, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Absolutely. Big thanks to Carbon Health with powers and sponsors here on the Geek Buddy. Thank you very much. Go to CarbonHealth.com to get a personalized plan laid out for you so you can be in better health as well and hang out watching the Geek Buddies for a long time you can download the app they got a uh, 200 plus locations all over the country 80 plus locations in california alone they want to help take care of you and they believe in supporting communities just like the geek buddies that support geek and positive interactions and positive conversations for sure so head on over to the carbonhealth.com or download their app today all right y'all take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new review or episode here from the geek buddies Captain America Fall! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.